This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. Welcome to Podcast Excellence. How are we doing? Doing well, James. Doing well. How are you? I tell you what, my my mic is hot and I'm ready to go. Did you dig it? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, that would be good. You know, I, uh, I, yeah. I spent some time hanging around in the '60s and '70s yesterday, looking up things that happened during that time, and they said dig a lot. I dig it. <laughs> Well, that left yeah. you guys silenced, didn't it? Silent. Oh, baby. You did, I did, baby. Yeah. You, you know, an, another one. It's groovy. Groovy. That's it. Oh, yep. people actually said that? All the time. That's groovy. Oh, God. I dig it. It was, it was almost a nauseum. Yeah. You know, it, I, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to break normal protocol here on the podcast. I'm going to talk about a movie for a second. But, you know, oh, most people know that perhaps one of my very favorite movies is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But when when um, um, Goldie Hawn's husband, I don't know if he plays a part in that movie, and, and the main character is trying to convince Goldie Hawn's husband to allow his friend to be a stuntman. And finally, Goldie Hawn's husband says, I just got to tell you, I don't dig him. <laughs> <laughs> so... We're digging things today. Well, you, Victoria's here, which means we're going to be talking about something legal, right? Um, and I think today we're going to be talking about, what's, this, what's Mr. Floyd's first name? Harrison. Harrison Floyd, not Harrison Ford. Harrison Floyd. Floyd. And he was one of the, I think it was 16 that were indicted for RICO charges in, in um, Georgia, because they supposedly tried to overturn a ballot election, like they were some type of terrorists or not terrorists, maybe um, treasonous people. Now, the interesting thing, guys, about this, is it going to crack you up, is that you know, the Democrat Party is known as the party for, the, for, for blacks and, and the minorities. And if you turn from away from the Democratic Party and you're black, they're going to turn on you like they are Justice Thomas's, which is why we cover the justice. Uh, chase thing is to show that we're probably going to see an impeachment attempt at Thomas. But um, if if the House ever gets back in control, uh, I mean, if the Democrats get control of it. Well, here's the interesting thing is, so you brought in all these, and Floyd is black, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so so you bring in all of these 16 people, 15 of them white, one of them black. Which one of them do you think they threw in jail? The Democrats. Glenn, you want to guess? Well, I would say the African-American. That's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> All the rest of them got let released on their own causes and put him in jail till he could post bond. <laughs> the Democrats, they are, they are not consistent. <laughs> so anyway, he's out. And I think he's retained a very good lawyer from from the motion that I see that mm-hmm. she's going to discuss. I've read it and it's, it's amazing. I think it's, it's well put together. So the, 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 to, I'm going to set it up and I'm going to turn it loose to Victoria for now. 
but basically they filed the lawsuit and the and the RICO charges are that that a it's uncontested that the election went to Biden and that nonetheless these sixteen people conspired to overturn a the perfect what is it how do they say it the the the, the most perfect election ever most run? secure election most secure. In <laughs> election in history which uh, you, you know since they said that it's the opposite. Exactly, exactly. All right. So take it away, Victoria. Yeah. So um, Harrison Floyd, I did a little bit of, you know, background research on him. He is actually the leader of Black Voices for Trump. And he was, like you said, one of um, 18 people charged with violating Georgia's RICO charges, um, you know, trying to get the election overturned. And he was specifically indicted um, and charged with harassing an election worker into admitting they committed election crimes. So, um, is what is what it says. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. Oh, okay. I thought maybe I misread that or something. No, no. Um, so he is out of jail. He's hired some very good legal counsel kind of, you know, and I gathered that after reading their motion, it was very well put together, like you said, but they're in the discovery process right now. So, um, tell them what discovery is. So discovery is, um, before something goes to trial, you know, um, a suit gets filed, attorneys get named, and then you go through what's called the discovery process when each side is kind of trying to gather information from the other side. So you'll put together a list of questions and requests for production of documents, trying to, you know, build your legal argument, kind of get a hold of what's really going on, what information the other side has. You're trying to discover what the other side Exactly. Has. Yeah. It's very well named. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And, and, she named some of them, uh, and, and there are different different vehicles, uh, depending on whether it's criminal or civil. Mm-hmm. And this is a criminal. Yes. They have apparently some discovery devices we don't have in Louisiana because I noticed there was a request for admission, mm-hmm. and and they don't have that in Louisiana criminal. But but basically, it's interrogatories, request for production. You have to produce documents. Interrogatories they have to answer questions. Request for admission they have to admit or deny facts, and then they can subpoena. Yes. And subpoenas are usually the third parties. Yes. And that's what we're talking about today. So um, Floyd's defense issued a subpoena deuces tecum to uh, the Fulton County Clerk of Superior Court, the Fulton County Board of Registration and Elections, and the Secretary of State, asking them to produce evidence um, certifying the validity of the 2020 election in that region, claiming that it was um, an integral part of Floyd's defense and that they needed that information in order to dissertate what their argument was going to be going forward with trial. So um, all of these non-parties have been very difficult. They have not wanted to produce those documents and they filed a motion to quash with the court in order to um, suppress the subpoena so they don't have to produce this documentation. All right. So, so what is, what is the, the element of the charge or of the crime that he Floyd, Mr. Floyd is contesting or asking to he he he, does, he thinks that they can't meet. Yes. So um, the element of the indictment is that he knowing and willfully um, spoke up against a valid election. So he is wanting these documents to help build his argument because the way that the defense explains it is it, it can go multiple ways. So if the um, documents show that the election was not valid or that, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, you're complicated. I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're saying it was a valid election and he, and he's saying it's a defense if what? If it wasn't valid. Exactly. Yeah. So you get what's going on, Glenn. 
the the the, yeah. the prosecution saying that that there was a valid election and that they the, he Floyd and others colluded to to overturn a valid election and his defense right. is it's not a valid election. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and if they and do you agree that if it fails then the, then the prosecution should fail? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they and they make a very good point which I'll get to later. The entire indictment is centered on whether or not the election was valid. They're claiming from the beginning that's what their the crux of their argument is. So if you it's kind of like Jenga, if you remove that block then, you know, the tower comes down. Is that what that game is called, Jenga? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Yeah. I saw there's a dog trying to do that really, really well. <laughs> okay, I didn't know. I was in that game. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the um, non-parties file a motion to quash, which, which is a formal request to the court to declare a proceeding such as a subpoena invalid or void. So um, the goal of the non-parties is they're trying to challenge the legal sufficiency of it. They're not wanting to produce these documents. So they filed their motion to quash. And the document that we're talking about today is Floyd filed an opposition to that. So what's a motion to quash? So a motion to quash, it's um, a formal request to a court to declare a proceeding such as a subpoena invalid or void. Um, You file the motion to quash, you present the reasons why you think this subpoena, for example, is invalid and that you shouldn't have to produce those documents. And then the opposing party gets to file an opposition if they wish explaining why that subpoena is necessary. Okay, perfect. Really good. All right. Now, the, I, I, I want to step back a little bit. Yeah. Um, they, the allegations, what, if I'm on page, I'm specifically talking page two of the, uh, of the opposition to the motion to quash. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, it lists that 17 times. You see where that is? Yes. Read those and explain how that, do you understand what they mean? Why they're, Wow, that's important that they're mentioning those. Yes, I believe so. So you want me to just read through these bullet points? Yeah, because I because we, we don't have video yet. Yeah. So you almost have to read it to them. So um, these are just some of the charges from that indictment. So let's see. Um, so kind of going back to the sentence before it says, so it seems strange that the non-parties are all moving to quash Mr. Floyd's subpoenas on relevance grounds when the political indictment before the, this court alleges 17 times that President Trump lost the 2020 election, including in Georgia and Fulton County. 49 times that the defendants engaged knowingly and willfully in various activities to overturn the 2020 election when they allegedly knew their statements about the election were false. 113 times that they were that there were attempts to unlawfully change the outcome of the election, including in Georgia. 145 times that the defendants sought to put the November 3rd, 2020 election results at issue with the implication that the results cannot be questioned and 182 times that the RICO defendants engaged in false statements concerning fraud in and about the November 2020 elections. So every single one of those bullet points hinges on the fact that the election was legitimate and certified. And and so again, we, his defense is, first of all, it was not certifiable. It was, it was wrong. Mm-hmm. And even if it weren't wrong, we sure certainly had reason to think it. Exactly. Yeah. Because they did say new, mm-hmm. knowingly, willingly new. So do you, that's, that's, that's what is at issue. Mm-hmm. And, and just to, to make sure that we're summarizing this where it's easy to understand the, the Floyd wants to be able to show that the election was stolen, was fraudulent, mm-hmm. and that at least there's a lot of evidence out there that could have made them think there was. 
Yes. They subpoenaed. So now when they go by a subpoena, almost always that means that they're subpoenaing somebody who's not a party to the action. So it's the state of Georgia versus Floyd. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get information from somebody that's not in the litigation. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense, Glenn? Yeah. So you have to. In other words, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth, right? Well, no, I'm just saying that I want you to understand why it's a subpoena and not some other form of asking. They're asking. I'm really teaching. I'm really teaching Victoria right now. You have to get a subpoena because it's not a party. You can't say produce this. Mm -hmm. You have to. You can ask them to. They don't do it. Then you got to force them to. Now, in state court in Louisiana, that means that you got to ask for a subpoena. A judge signs the order for a subpoena, and then then uh, I want to say the sheriff or a clerk. I've done one in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a form letter, <laughs> and it sends it to them, and they, and they have to actually subpoena. Now, in federal courts, you can do your own subpoenas, believe it or not, and then, and then you have to file a motion to quash if you don't like it. They, mm-hmm. just, they just cut out the middleman in federal court. But this is in state court, and I do believe that a subpoena went out to – who did the subpoenas go out to? So it went out to the Fulton County Clerk of Superior Court the Fulton County Board of Registration and Elections, and the Secretary of State. Okay, and they asked them for information. Yes. Now, the motion to quash was filed by? By non-parties, all three of the non-parties. Okay. So the non-parties didn't want to produce it. Mm -hmm. And what was their reason for not wanting to produce it? So their reasoning, they are claiming that the documents aren't relevant to his charges. So, um... That certifying <laughs> that that the election results have nothing to do with him, you know. Um, I think they spoke about yeah. the fact that he about intimidated election. an election worker or something that has nothing to do with it. Apparently, yeah, he's not he's not being charged with intimidation though. He's charged with interfering. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So so they're what they're doing is uh, so the Secretary of State. Now let's talk about that. Secretary of State is who? Oh, uh, in Georgia, I'm not sure. Oh my. <laughs> Oh, my. We caught her. We eat this here. Now, that's because you don't listen to James' perspective. You would know <laughs> who that were is Roethlisberger. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and Trump and Roethlisberger have had a huge falling out. They don't like each other at all. Mm-hmm. So the subpoena to, to the Secretary of State is a subpoena to a avowed, stated, obvious, open enemy of Trump. Mm-hmm. We're not surprised he quashed. Yeah. All right. Now, the Secretary, what is the registrar vote? What is it called? They call it something else. And Louisiana's registrar voters. So it's the Board of, of Registration and Elections. Okay, the Board of Registration and Elections is also the ones that have been, that did nothing about the videos, live videos of people running ballots through four or five, six times, discovering all this, this sending people out of the election area in Georgia on election night, saying there was a pipe leak when there was not one. It's been proven there wasn't one. And they, there's video of them going under a table that was covered with a cloth and pulling out ballots that nobody knew about while they were counting. Now, that's the things that Trump and them were relying on. And as in, in the secretary in the in in if if these things are discovered, it, it appears to me that that could be a crime by the, the Board of, of, of Voters or Register of Voter Vote Registration. Registration and elections. And elections. All right. So so that's who gets these subpoenas. And they file a motion to quash and their grounds is or the ground that they grounds that they use are that the election that it was not relevant whether or not the election was done correctly. Yes. All right. And this motion to isn't this motions in opposition to their motion to quash. Yes. 
I know, went through a lot, <laughs> but I want to make absolutely sure it's clear. Oh, yeah. So when you start talking about it, so then, and then, so in this motion to quash, they, the first thing he tries to do is show it's relevant. And that's what you just read. Mm-hmm. It's relevant because they, they're saying that it's because they said it's valid. All right. So what goes next? So next he goes into his memorandum of law. So he starts with, um, there are four sections total. So he starts with the section about criminal discovery in Georgia. Um, it kind of just goes through, you know, the legal aspects of discovery, how he has, um, or Floyd has the burden of proof to show that he needs these documents in order to help build his legal defense. Um, and then he basically, you know, kind of states what we've been saying that, um, the validity of the election is at the core of the indictment. So he needs to see those documents in order to help him build his defense. So that's a pretty simple section. Like I said, it just goes through some of, you know, defining a couple of legal terms um, where he really starts to get into his opposition is section two. So section two, he argues that the amended subpoena is not overly broad. So I didn't know this before I started reading, but it, you know, seems to me that in context clues, he had amended his original subpoena to narrow the scope of the documents he was requesting. So he narrowed it specifically to November 3rd, 2020. Um, the non-parties are still arguing that it's too overly broad and vague and that by um, limiting it to November 3rd, 2020, it's more of just um, not a slap in the face, but it's a meaningless um, clarification. Like we, why, why do they say that? So I think they say that kind of, trying to say that we knew that you meant November 3rd, 2020, but you're still asking for several types of documents over a variety of mediums. You know, there's no way we can possibly produce everything you're asking for. It's just way too broad. Um, but something that the defense argues, Floyd's defense team, is that the non-parties fail to explain how it's too confusing or overbroad. So they, That was my question, and they don't answer that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. got you. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so they, what they did was they were overbroad with their objections. Yeah. Typical Democrats accuse us of what they do. <laughs> yeah. So the requests in the subpoena are tailored to the events related to the indictment. Um, it's not a fishing expedition and it's based on the secretary's own response that they are in possession of a fair amount of material related to complaints of voter fraud. Now, I did not see it. Mm-hmm. And I, but I didn't finish looking at all of the attachments either. Did they attach the, the uh, subpoena? The, the, is it issue? The original subpoena or, or the second one even? I, I didn't. I didn't see. So. It. I, like I didn't. It. I wonder what the subpoena said. How they said it. Yeah, I didn't see it. And they don't quote it in there, do they? Mm. But they don't. But I think the reason. The reason it's not quoted. It's a very good. It's a very well written memo. I must say mm-hmm. that it's uh, the reason they probably didn't mention it is they probably wasn't brought up. They just said it was overbroad. They didn't say what part of it's overbroad. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so they're saying it's overbroad, but they won't give us reason why. Exactly. All right. Now that just so so people listening will know this, and you need to know this. It's, mm-hmm. it's you. you Anytime that there is big litigation, a lot of it's not a car accident, something big, mm-hmm. okay, they're going to do several things. They're going to file that there's no right of action standing. You don't mm-hmm. have that right to, to take the be, you're not the right person to bring this claim. They're going to claim there's no cause of action that you're stating, even if you are the right person to bring it, you're not, Nate, you're not, you're not stating a case, even if we accept everything you say is true. You're not stating a, a case where um, um, you're not stating a case that even if accepted the true will, will be allow you to have judgment if we go against you. I don't know why I went blank on it. But then the, the next thing they file uh, as soon as they can is a summary judgment. All right. But 
but they're going to say they're also going to do all of these um, these objections that are considered minor, but they're overbroad. We don't know what you're talking about. Vague. They're going to put those in all of their pleadings, mm-hmm. and they don't even tell you why they think it is. So what you have to do is you have to set a rule for so calls and say what are these things, and then they have to admit they don't have them. Mm-hmm. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah. So overbroad is almost always. A stated claim for which relief could be granted. I could get that out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's just no cause. But anyway, um, it's not it's not uncommon whatsoever. On any time you ask, you think how many times when someone has asked us for information in a request for production, how many times have we said it's vague and overbroad? Oh yeah, several. Every time. Yeah. Every time. So we all do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not really um, upset at all or thinking they're wrong or bad to say that it's overbroad. Mm-hmm. You do that. You're protecting your butts, what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not criticizing Roethlisberger and the Board of Registration and Elections. I'm not, I'm not criticizing them for doing this. So I don't want to make it sound like it was a frivolous objection. Okay. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's normal. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So that's their first objection. And I mean... I guess it can be understandable. It is a lot of documentation that they're asking yes, for. Yes. Like lots, like several, several, probably hard drives worth of documentation. They're not going to want to go to work that day if they lose this motion to quash. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I wouldn't either. It's it's a lot. And, and you think about, all right, you put together the discovery on, yes. on these cases. And our clients hardly have anything whatsoever to give up. Mm-hmm. In fact, we want them to have what we have. Yeah. And how hard is it to answer discovery? It's painstakingly difficult sometimes <laughs> yes yes and so you get the feel yeah and could you imagine having to produce all of these documents and you're the secretary of state and you're gearing up for an mm-hmm. election next year yeah and you're having to stop what you're doing and produce all of those records mm-hmm. they don't want to do it yeah i would think they would have been insane not to have filed this yeah okay so gateway pundit readers ignore those headlines mm-hmm. okay <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first section. They say that um, their amended subpoena is not overly broad. And then they go into section three, which they argue um, Floyd's defense. The requested materials are relevant. So whether or not Trump won in Georgia in the 2020 election is the center of the indictment, as we've gone over. If the requested materials support Floyd's lack of criminal intent, then evidence of the election results are material. So they, they would be important. If the requested materials show that the results are inconclusive, it proves the election shouldn't have been certified. So whether or not um, it was just some sloppy work that was done in Fulton County or Trump was actually permitted from winning, both of those show that that election should not have been certified. So either way you look at it, it's necessary for Floyd's defense. Um, If Floyd can't review this evidence, the state would likewise be barred from introducing evidence concerning the election. So if you're not going to let Floyd, they argue, look at these documents and kind of understand, use them for his defense, then the plaintiff should not be able to introduce that evidence either. I want to make sure, did the state of Georgia join in on this objection or did they just let sit back and let Roethlisberger do his thing? I don't believe so. Okay. Um, I didn't see their name in it or the state of Georgia. Um, So yeah, that's his third section that arguing that these requested materials are relevant. And this is the section where I really thought, I think it was my favorite section out of the whole, their whole opposition because it really lays it out. You know, if the election results are inconclusive, it shouldn't have been certified. If there was some malicious intent in barring Trump from winning the presidency, then 
you know, that's out there for the world to see. We need to know that there was no criminal intent. We, what we were claiming was true was actually true. You know, the yeah. election was stolen. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it's hard to get around that. That's a good, good argument, in my opinion. Um, well, and it was well written. It was very well written. Yeah, it doesn't take much to understand it. Mm-hmm. And then they move on to section four, which is the production of the materials requested is neither unreasonable nor oppressive. So this is kind of where the defense goes into a more practical side of the argument. Um, the non-parties argue that giving them all of this information would take so much time and so much effort because so much of that information needs to be redacted. So the defense argues um, that there are several ways in which we can get around that. So um, number one, the court could order that information unsealed. The parties can stipulate to an in-camera inspection of any materials prior to a hearing. Now stop. No, nobody's going to know what in-camera means. Oh, that's pri- like a judge privately reviews those, those documents. <laughs> or the court could place a protect- protective order on the document. So there are several things that could be done to kind of protect and safeguard the personal information that resides in those documents. And on top of that, the defense says we are willing to pay reasonable compensation for the production of these documents. Um, you're just really not working with us. We are providing you several different avenues of how these documents can be produced efficiently and in the most reasonable way possible. So I also think that's a great section of the argument that is going to appeal to a judge because, you know, it, I, in my experience, judges, you want to try and appeal to, the, to efficiency and trying to do something in the most efficient way possible and, you know, having an argument in there about these are ways in which we can do this efficiently so it's not too big of a burden on the non-parties, I think is also a great argument. Um, yeah, and that's the last section. Then he concludes that this is key information needed for Floyd's case. And there was one quote they had in here that was, I think, my favorite. It's in the conclusion. And his Floyd's defense attorneys say that it is the state which put the outcome of the election front and center in the indictment and what the defendant knew or believed to be true concerning the, the outcome. This contention does goes directly to Floyd's guilt or innocence. So, OK, and that is good. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Did they discuss the case Brady? Let me see. They did um, cite a couple of cases when they were talking about Georgia criminal procedure at the beginning. Um, I am not sure if they discussed Brady, though. Okay. I can um, look for it. Yeah, it's important that we talk about that before we before we go into just the regular old discussion. Um, it's it's um, I, I will go ahead while you're looking it up. Brady Brady is a case, Supreme Court of the United States case that held that if the prosecution is in possession of or aware of exculpatory evidence, something that would prove tend to prove. Um, that the that there was a defense for the there was there was helpful to the defendant, then it is a constitutional obligation of the prosecution to turn that evidence over. And the argument that Floyd's lawyers made was that this information is clearly available to the state. The same state that is prosecuting us possesses material the, the board of election of a registration and election possesses information that is probably exculpatory and that we shouldn't even have to ask for this mm-hmm. they should be turning this over without a subpoena does that make sense glenn yeah <clears throat> yeah i mean in other words they 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 have this information they should turn it over because it's relevant to his case to well the accusation they've made Right. Exculpatory. 
not yeah. just relevant, exculpatory. It, it proves he's not, he's not, he didn't commit a crime. And so, so what the argument would be, I'm sorry that this is very difficult for you to do, Mr. Roethlisberger. I'm sorry that you're happy to, and, and Miss, Mrs. Uh, um, registrar or whatever it is, yeah. board, board of, board of, of, it's the registrar of voters here as well. So yeah. It's, it's um, the board of registration and elections. Mm-hmm. We're sorry you have to do this, but you are the state. And if you have exculpatory evidence, then it's not our fault that 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 Jack Smith or who one Jack Smith this was somebody else did this one that the state of Georgia is suing or trying to con- put Trump in jail. We're sorry, we're trying that you're trying to put Mr. Floyd in jail. We're sorry you're doing that, but you, you know he did it, not us. We didn't file these charges. As soon as he files them, you got to give overall overall exculpatory evidence. So what she said is that's why that's so important. That last sentence she said that that they're the ones that put this at issue. The state did. And you didn't turn it over to a whole lot of people who just wanted it. They did fair. They did. Um, it is coming in, by the way. Mm-hmm. People are doing public records, documents, requests and getting a little at a time. But each time they just they just give it. It's, it's trickling out. and It's, it's going to be 50 years before it all comes out. Mm-hmm. But now. Now the state has put the validity of the election as an element of proof to show that there was an interference with a valid election. So now it's, it's, it's straight at issue. So whose fault is it? Who should be paying for them to have to produce that? It should be the state. The yeah. state has a duty under Brady to, to turn over any exculpatory evidence the state has. And that includes its agencies. It's not just the prosecutor. It's the agencies. So that's what makes this thing so interesting. Now, I do want to say this. I do not believe for one minute that the judge assigned to this case is going to have a, that they're going to allow these subpoenas to take to stand. It's going to have to be on appeal. That's it. This, this judge is, is not going to rule. Just, I'm just predicting mm-hmm. it right here. He's going, to, he's going to quash those subpoenas. Because he hasn't, he hasn't ruled yet. He's asked for more additional information, correct? Yeah, yeah, you got you got to put on a show. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you know? Put yourself in that position, Victoria. Mm-hmm. That you're 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 a, a, a person who has been working to help Trump, and you see the videos of these people cheating, and you've seen um you you've seen the evidence that just in Pennsylvania we saw it again. Yeah, two days ago, votes being changed. Did you know about that? I did not. Oh, yeah. The machines changed them again. They're right there in front of your eyes. You can sit there and say, okay, Republicans, Democrats, votes come in, let's say 40. At first, they're on Republican and they move to the Democrat. The machines mm-hmm. do that, right? And we're going to use those same machines in 2024. That's why I keep telling Lynn, quit telling me, quit acting like anything to do with abortion had something to do with these elections last week. I mean, yes, two days ago. No. We don't have any elections. These elections aren't real. I, I'm, I'm convinced of that. But the long and short of it is, can, can, picture yourself. Now, you see this, you know, the lie about the, the pipe breaking. You know it's a lie. Now they've admitted it's a lie. You've seen the videos of them cheating. You've seen them pulling the, the, the ballots out after they sent everybody home. Even if you're wrong, you sure had the right to investigate it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're trying to, to, what you think, save the country, probably from these people who are cheating and then you suddenly you're helping you you think you're doing your constitutional duty to make sure that the elections are fair then you're facing an indictment mm-hmm. 
and you're when you're said that you're you're contesting a, a valid election, but you can't put on evidence that the election wasn't valid. How would you feel? I would feel very frustrated. And I think that would I don't know. If I were in that position, I would not feel great about it, that's for sure. You know, and I mean if somebody's accusing me of doing something, I have the right to investigate that something, you know. Right. Put I mean, it, you got the burden of proof. Yeah. The mm-hmm. burden of proof is on the state, and the state has got to prove that election was valid. Mm-hmm. I believe that. And I believe that unless they want to change the indictment, to change the indictment, then the whole thing collapses. Mm-hmm. Does, does that make sense to you, Glenn? Yeah. How would they change the indictment if they didn't want to investigate? That would be my question. Well, I, there was a, that was rhetorical. The whole indictment would fail if you said they were trying to contest an election where there was a lot of irregularities. If you say that. If you if you amend it to say, oh, well, it was a lot of there were a lot of irregularities, but they still don't have the right to investigate it. It would just be so stupid. You'd go like, well, that's stupid. You know, sure, you have the right to look into irregularities. So they've got to allege there's no irregularities, that it's clean. It's the most secure election ever. And so he goes, well, and then no. And and what's funny to me is why didn't anybody else raise this one first? Why is this? Because this this was exactly what we said when they first filed it. We, when we read the indictments, we said, well, that's assuming the election's not was, was, was secure. We, we're saying it's not secure. That's the whole idea. The whole purpose of this is it seems stupid. Well, you're indicting us for something we didn't do. We think that the election was not secure. And so, yeah, I bet- and so aren't they alleging that, or the state is, you know it was secure, yet you're still trying to undermine it. That's what they're arguing. All right. So if they don't want to put up evidence that it's secure, then they have to amend it and say, well, it's questionable whether it's secure or whatever. They would have to take that language out that it was definitely he lost, you know, that they that he that, that, that Trump definitely lost. Everybody agrees on that, that it was secure. Everybody agrees on that, that there's no evidence of fraud. Everybody agrees on that. And the, the problem is, is that if if they he doesn't want these subpoenas to be allowed to get this information from from the state of Georgia, then they would have to either dismiss the charge or amend it to say it wasn't secure. Does that make sense? Am I, am I still too roundabout? I'm supposed to be able to explain it three sentences. <laughs> yeah. OK, so three sentences. Kind of lost me a little bit there. Three sentences. The RICO charges against the defendants hinges absolutely on the election being uncontested. They charge, he, he asks, he, the defendant asks for proof and evidence that the election was valid. The subpoena, if the subpoena is granted, great. If it's not granted, here's my fourth Senate, then they should have to drop the charge that, it's, that it is secure. They would have to go back and amend it and say, well, there was there was some evidence that it might not have been secure. I'm still not getting there, am I? I mean, I, I, I know what you're saying. I'm understanding Because you read it. the paper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically, long and short of it is, is that, that, that if you're going to say the election was secure and I'm saying, no, it wasn't, then, then I am stating a defense that I should be able to put up. It wasn't secure. So what are you going to So what's he? All right. Let's leave it like it is. Let's suppose they grant this. They grant it, Glenn. Let's suppose they grant the, the motion to quash and you don't get any of this information about you know, putting the ballots through several times and the hidden ballots and lie about the pot, the, uh, the pipe bursting. You take all that out. None of that can come into trial. What's, how's he going to defend himself? He can't. Okay. Right. Right. He can't. All right. So if, if they don't want to produce it, what's the next step? 
You say, all right, so he says, we're going to, let's, let's, let's say the judge grants the, denies the motion to quash. You say, no, Rothsberg, you got to turn it over. Okay, they're not going to want to do that, mm-hmm. right? You know they're not going to want to. I can tell you right now, they'll drop those charges before they'll turn that best stuff over. They will drop those charges first. Do you hear me? Wow. They will mm-hmm. drop those charges before Rothsberger turns over that, those documents. Book it. Could he, could he say, oh, we look and they're not there? Then you got to let them go. Because see, at that point, anytime documents disappear that are relevant, then there is a presumption that those documents would favor the defense. So they, they could do that. Like, that's a very, a very Hillary thing to do. That's why we have extra yeah. servers. We need to delete stuff. What was it? Um, uh, crowdsource <laughs> went in and cleaned up Hillary's Hillary Clinton's. <laughs> one of our really good friends. I say really good friends, really good acquaintances in town. We never mm-hmm. hang around socially, but we see each other. We're going to stop and talk. His son works for Crowdsource. Oh, um, what is it? I just had it. Uh, crowd. Crowdsource. Yeah. That he works for him. Mm-hmm. I said, you communist. <laughs> 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 they are not. They did their job. Someone hired them to clean up a computer and they did it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so you see what I'm saying, Glenn? So, so listen, if we work through all the options, first is they produce them. Oh my goodness! There's the election next year is secure because they will. It they, I'm telling you, Biden lost that election. There's no doubt in my mind. They turn it all everything. They turn it all over and they let. I'll, I'll volunteer to go through it stuff. I will volunteer to go through as a as a volunteer lawyer to go through that that stuff with them. So they because it, it will be it costs a lot of money to do it. Mm-hmm. They have a short time. So let's say they do that. They're not going to, guys. That's that's la la land. Yeah. They aren't turning it over. They know they can't. All right. So let's suppose they do what Glenn said, which is I think a rare, real possibility. They delete it. Oops. Oops. Uh, we hit delete when we meant to pay, copy. We went. To, we meant to say cut and paste, or we meant to put paste, and we cut and paste, and it disappeared. Sorry, can't turn it over. Well, then the presumption is that those documents show the election was stolen. Mm-hmm. Okay. He can. They can make that argument. Then let's suppose that they just say uh, the judge the, the, the judge says do it and they don't do it at all. Well, then the, the prosecution is Brady violation. Okay, they can't. Mm-hmm. They have to turn it over. So what's the state going to do? And this is where it's getting to Glenn's question. The state's only thing they can do is amend it and say, well, let's just don't make it important. We just say that they they intimidated people. Well, what do you mean? Intimidated them to do what? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They're boxed. They're boxed. The only way they can win is for this judge to say, no, nope, we're going to quash the subpoenas. Yeah. And so what are they going to do? They're going to quash the subpoenas. That's what's going to happen. They're going to, we're not going to win this motion. <laughs> Should we win it? Yes. Yes. Now, is there anything else on that? No. I mean, it was very well written. I really enjoyed reading it. I think it was some great legal writing, but. It was, and I do think that your exposure to this, mm-hmm. uh, your your answer to questions, you're getting it. And, yeah. And I'm telling you, this is your first semester in law school. You're going to be taking this procedure classes, and all these things are in there. Yeah. And it's going to help you a lot. Um, I want to move to, if we can, and just you you you're not prepared for this, I know, but it's going to be fun for you to hear. Now that that um, ridiculous litigation in New York, trying to say that Trump defrauded um, New York. Lying about his asset values and that he's a criminal, not criminal. He was a he, he committed 
civil fraud. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, the interesting thing is, I don't know. I want to. It's kind of good that you're here because you're. I know you're. You don't know what we've talked about in the past, but the interesting thing it is is, is I'm, all right. Let's go way back. Way back in 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 the law before William the Conqueror. When you, that's how, so 1060, mm-hmm. that's how long ago we're going to go. Now, I'm not prepared to talk about this, so I could get my, if you're a historian and I missed by a few years, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure he was 1060. All right. Now, before him, crimes had to be, it was, it was medieval. And so the crime would be against you. Then, the, then you are the one who took care of the, the mm-hmm. person who was wronged is the one who enforced the penalty. Then along comes William the Conqueror and the, and the Henrys, one, two, and one and two, they go in and they start making crimes against the crown, against the state. So if I steal from you, not only am I hurting you, but I'm hurting society because it's no longer safe. We can't walk the streets anymore because James will pull a gun, shoot Victoria, and turn over money. So it became a crime against the state. All right. And I know I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah. That's a, that's a very dangerous road to go down. And we're seeing it with it with these these incarcerations by the millions in this country of people who've committed no crime against another person. They put something in their body that the government says hurts us because you're a dopehead. Okay, mm-hmm. but now we got millions of people who've committed crimes that have not hurt anybody. This is we deem it bad. Okay, we deem that a bad thing. So this statute that they're accusing Trump of, he's not defrauding his creditors. I mean, his debtor, his creditors. He's not defrauded them. He's borrowed the money and he's paid it back. Everybody mm-hmm. consents to that. But they're saying, but because you lied about your resources and you lied about how much money you're worth, you're keeping Victoria from getting a loan. It's going to you instead. So they're saying that you're hurting society because there's no free markets in borrowing because you're a liar. You're a fraud and you're getting loans when someone else was more worthy. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. Yeah. But do you understand? I understand what you're saying, yes. I understand the logic. It's just illogical. Yeah. <laughs> it's illogical. Logic. That's, that's what they're charging him for. The victim oh. is the crown. Mm-hmm. The victim is the crown. We don't have freedom of, of access to capital. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's such a socialistic, yeah. horrible idea. Okay. But he, he his, that's, that's what they're charging him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the interesting thing is that before the actual trial started, they filed a motion, a partial motion for summary judgment. Mm -hmm. Now, motion for summary judgment, you remember what that is? When an opposing party will file it, claiming that there are no, there's no question of material fact. Yes. There we go. No issue of material fact on a particular part of the, all or part of the uh, claim. And what you do is you accept everything that's alleged as true mm-hmm. by the opposing party and say, even if you accept it as true, there's no issues of material fact that we win. Mm-hmm. And so before this trial even began, the state of New York filed a motion for summary judgment saying that, um, that Trump defrauded the state of New York by lying about his assets, values, and getting loans when he should not have gotten. That's their argument. And he ruled in favor of the state. Oh, wow. Yes. And there's no like statute or law that prohibits that. It's just we deem this wrong. And so we're going to. They, they put on evidence and they said everything Donald Trump said is true. We still say that the state of New York has proved he's fraud. Oh, wow. And they based it on. He based it on. 
very all right, you tell me why the judge is, is wrong here. All mm-hmm. right. So what is it that the state has to, to prove to win? That there are no questions of. Take everything that Trump says is true. true yes. Okay. Did you, and that if you take it all true, he mm-hmm. still loses. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Glenn, what is the big issue that, that, that Trump says is wrong? They valued Mar-a-Lago at $18 million, right. And it should have been closer to a what? Almost a billion. It's worth a ton of money. All right. mm-hmm. Whether Trump is right or not, he's arguing that that Mar-a-Lago is worth. Mm-hmm. And the judge said, no, we're going to go by a tax assessor's number. And so there's no issue of material fact. But that's not accepting everything is true. Yeah. Accepting everything Trump said is true. Mm-hmm. There's no way that you get summary judgment. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with summary judgment is this is something new to you. It's not a final judgment. It's interlocutory. You can still appeal after the trial. So the trial is not over. It's not dispositive. He still could prove there's no damage to the state. Mm -hmm. It's just that they said he was a fraud. Now, what's the damage to the state? So the purpose of this trial isn't to prove that he was uh, anything other than to show that there was damage to the state, that you did something to the state. Does that make sense, Glenn? Yeah. Okay. So, So I do believe that judge was wrong on the motion for summary judgment. I think they I think they asked for appeal and they said, no, let's just talk about it after trial. I think that's what the the appellate court said. And then that's right. And that could be that. So yeah. So keep this in mind. If it's not a final or if it's a final judgment at state court level, final mm-hmm. judgment, or even at district court and federal court, you go to the court of appeal, it's it's a, a, a matter of right if it's a final judgment. Yeah. But if it's interlocutory, it's only only part or it can be it's not final. Mm-hmm. Then you have to ask for, you're asking permission to see the court. Oh, um, is that still considered a writ yes. at that stage? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so you have to ask for a writ application and say, hey, we lost a summary judgment. We think that was wrong. Yeah. And they go, nah, we're not giving you permission to. Mm. So it was okay. never heard. Yeah. You follow? Mm-hmm. You're learning, aren't you? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get that, Glenn? Or were we talking legal talk? We were talking legal talk. We're talking legal talk, really. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's it's kind of fun. Interrogatory. It, it, Could you explain interrogatory a little more? Interlocutory. Okay, okay. interrogatory is a discovery device. We are thought about a lot of that, about things. What I'm really what I really love though is, is that the light went on with Victoria. Mm-hmm. This this podcast is good for her. She knows it. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so so. There's all kinds of if pretrial motions that can get filed, both in criminal and civil. All right. Some of those motions can end it. It's over. So if Trump would have filed a motion for summary judgment and said, take everything the state said is true, we still win, dismiss the case. That's over. The case is over. Then the state would have a right as a matter of law without asking permission to the court of appeal, no matter how weak it was, would have to hear it. It's an appeal. You have to hear it. It's a final judgment. You've ruled in favor of Donald Trump. Therefore, there's no trial. It's over. The state of New York could have filed an appeal. All right. But that's not what happened. The state of New York filed a a summary judgment. And it was only on whether or not the issue of whether or not Trump committed fraud against the state of New York. And the judge ruled, I think very wrongfully so, just because the issue that he was primarily concerned with was the value of Mar-a-Lago. He said it was only worth $18 million, and you put it as you know, several hundred million, and, Trump. 
So, so he ruled that Trump was at fault. So the only thing issue at trial was going to be what was the amount. Okay, so it wasn't a final judgment. Trump still could show there was no damage to him and it would be over. Or they could say that there was damage to the state of New York. Any, after the trial, it's final. He would have a right to appeal. But since they, since they ruled in summary judgment that, that Trump committed fraud, and now we need to go to trial, by definition means it's interlocutory. It's not final. After the, after the appeal, after the trial, he could appeal the whole thing. He tried to, he tried to ask, you can't, appeal, you can't appeal interlocutory. If there's more to be done, you, can't, you don't have a right to an appeal. You can only ask permission. For judicial efficiency, what, what Victoria was talking about, I can say we would like permission to t- go to the Court of Appeal and say this is ridiculous that he ruled against us in the summary judgment. And the Court of Appeal goes on the writ. They can just say, what can they say? Just no, thank you. Yeah, you they know. don't have to give a reason. Yeah. Nothing. They can just say no. And they said no. Mm-hmm. So that's it. You don't get a reason why they do it. So now he's going through this trial. So Chris, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, Christie can say that he's he's, he's mired in litigation. He shouldn't be president. Um, Glenn's going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's that's what's going on in this in this case right now is, is that they're trying they have to finish the case before Trump has a right to an appeal. Does that make sense? So Glenn? would they drag it out so it would be later? Um, well, I, I I will say this that the judge clearly is favoring the prosecution and might let them drag it out. You know, you could shorten the number of hours each day. You have trial and stuff like that. Maybe he's bringing in his kids and his wife, all kinds of people. And they're all answering the same thing. It's either a disclaimer, which is not a bit admissible in court to prove fraud because they, they say by definition that this, this, that this initial information is just to get you interested in the loan or it's the actual valuations. He says, well, I didn't do that. The accountants did it. Call yeah. them, call them in, and they won't call them in. They won't, yeah. they won't call the uh, accountants in because the accountants are going to say, yeah, it's worth that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's still to come. Mm-hmm. You know, he has the right to put on a defense, and, and his, yeah, his, yeah. his lawyer is excellent. She's, mm-hmm. what's her name, Haba or something like that? She's, she's excellent. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so, so that's what's going on. Now, it's Haba Haba. Sorry. She's very pretty. Mm-hmm. That's great. Have you seen her? <laughs> I, I haven't. Oh my! No. Oh my! She and she's so smart and well spoken. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got a good lawyer. Anyway, um, so so the other day, you don't know this. She came out of the courtroom. Hoppe did. Yeah. And she laid into that judge like I have never seen somebody lay into a judge who's sitting as a trier of fact mm-hmm. on their case while it's ongoing. Yeah. She laid into him. Said he. I was, she might even say he's crooked, but she definitely said he's biased. He was definitely in on it. And I said right there, she's got something on him or she mm-hmm. wouldn't be doing that. No way. Cause it well, made, it made me blush. There, there, you, did you see his wife's um, tweets that have just been brought up by Laura Loomer uh, about Trump? There, okay. Now it's his wife. Now yeah. think about it for a minute. Um, his wife is just this basically F Trump. He needs to die. We're going to get him any way we can. You know, that's what he's going home to. To me, <laughs> they should dismiss the case right now because he's, he's biased. too biased. All right, right. That's called um, BIC, bias, interest, and corruption. 
That's another little phrase that you're going to have to know when you're in law school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so but I do believe that, that, that he is unethical or that's the, that, that is probative to being unethical. All right. I'm not saying I don't know about those tweets. I don't know. He, he might not even go home to his wife after he get, get through here. What I'm going to tell you. But he's, he was recently, yesterday, some documents were, or some pictures were released of the 70-something-year-old man, mm-hmm. half naked. He sent out to all of the alumni from his high school for the next reunion. It's disgusting. It's pictures of him? Yes. Oh, my well, goodness. He doesn't have his shirt on. He have his shirt on. Oh, okay. Right? But, but, and I don't have any reason to know mm-hmm. this. I don't. I'm, I'm surmising that this is the tip of the iceberg. Somebody who will do that in, in, in something so obvious that it's going out to so many people, if he yeah. will do it with his shirt off, and it's disgusting, I'm telling you. What is he doing when he thinks it's private? It had the flavor of Anthony Weiner. Yeah. Anthony Weiner was a, was he, uh, he was in the administration or was he, he was a minister? He no, was he a was congressman. Con- he was a congressman. No, he was a congressman. Yeah, he was a congressman. He was- he was sending horrible pictures to people. He was aptly uh, named because that's what he was yeah. showing. Yes. Gotcha. When your name is Wiener, I would change it. <laughs> anyway, um, this guy, it does, if you put him side by side with the original photograph. So what happened with Wiener is the same thing. At first, mm-hmm. they were leaked with him just topless. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, it became clear that he was a, a pervert. I don't know that about this judge. Yeah. I'm guessing that that might be it. Just because I'm telling you, I predicted, I'm going to tell you this, I predicted the day that happened, Hava came out there all on the warpath on him. I said, she's got something on him. Mm, maybe. Yeah, I would not touch that mess with a 10-foot pole. Mm-hmm. Seems like everybody who gets involved, you know, just is, <laughs> it just is so messy. You're too, in, uh, you know, I believe that, that Hava, yeah. is, she, was in, she was already an attorney for, for the MAGA. She was in that movie yeah. and whatnot. And I think that woman is willing to take the bullet. Mm-hmm. In other words, that and I, I don't think I think that, that that what happens is there's two there's two levels. There's people like Sarah, and you're getting ready to be. Mm-hmm. You're too new. You're in, too new in your career to to go do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, you 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 don't have you have to establish some credibility and some um, durability mm-hmm. as a lawyer before you can really start crushing on judges yeah and sometimes you have to sometimes you have to just say this judge is messed up mm-hmm. right you have to yeah all right and and, and 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 there's nothing wrong with that judges understand that um but what she did was beyond that um what she said to him most of the time a federal judge ain't gonna put you in jail wow that's intense <laughs> yes yes yeah. i mean I, I, all right i'm gonna tell you this um it's all a matter of record now at the time when I was, I was a brand spanking new lawyer mm-hmm. and it scared me. It changed who I was going to be as a lawyer. I think. Cause yeah. now you, you get out thinking I'm going to become good. I'm going to be tough and I'm going to represent my client. Yeah. Well, this is what happened. Uh, this is a really, really interesting story. Uh, it, 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 and like I said, I couldn't tell it for like 10 years, mm-hmm. but it's definitely in the record now. So I'm not, I'm not, divulging any client secrets but there was a um a um kplc is lake charles radio television statement now you get people don't realize that if you're new to this this if you're if you're a young person you don't maybe don't know this but there was a time when there was only three stations you could get abc nbc and cbs and then when pbs came along you got to watch monty python um yeah yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> it became my favorite station really quick. <laughs> but um, that was it. Four stations, three stations for most of my life. Then four right to when by the time I got to college, that PBS was becoming a thing. Um, the um, it, that station was worth a lot of money, and the people who owned it, uh, Spookstream was the name of the guy. I think I think I, I, might, I might be mis- mistaken that, but I think Spookstream, one of the Calcasieu Marine Bank, owned it. All right, stay with me, guys. It's a good story. He wants to sell it, and he gets a buyer, and it's more money than you can imagine, more than than there's than the owner of KPLC thought it was worth. It was a good offer. Well, then the word leaks out that he's going to sell it. And this other media company comes in and go, are you kidding me? You're only selling it for that? We'll almost double it. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now they want to back out of the deal, of the contract to sell. You know mm-hmm. about that, right? Yeah. All right. So there was a contract to sell to a company. Well, they thought, you know, the, the, we, we could pay for this extra money we got. We can pay them off. You know, mm-hmm. so they file a, a they're going, they, they decide they're going to file an injunction to stop them from selling it until it could be litigated whether or not they had that right to, to contract to sell, to force it. All right. Mm-hmm. This gets interesting, right? Now, that's a, what, is that in law or equity? Equity? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> they're saying that we can't, if you undo this, I have my doubts that they could have passed it because it yeah. can be done with money, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you can fix it with money. It's not equity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but they, but they're going to do it. So they get a federal judge and this is the, this federal judge, federal judges are so powerful. Again, I can't tell you how powerful, that's what we're getting to. Mm-hmm. This guy was powerful. He's the one that kept the Buckeye three from being able to live with their grandmother and go to a white school. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that Glenn? You may have been in Kansas at the time. Big deal. This judge was powerful. Well, Heavy hitters for both sides. Jack Gray, uh, RIP, um, represented the station that was trying to sell it. And there were others that were helping him. Okay, but Jack Gray was a big name in Lake Charles legal community at the time. So, so, um, the, so how it works in federal court is that you file your motion your, your, for your injunction, preliminary injunction. You file a preliminary injunction, and that's for temporary till, till you can have long enough to file for a permanent injunction. Okay? Mm-hmm. So this is a per, per, per temporary injunction. Well, like, they file the, the motion for the injunction late on a Friday. So um, the uh, as soon as they file their motion for injunction, Jack Gray and company go ahead and sell it to wow. the, uh, company number two. Yeah. Big dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, the judge, what he does is he has a phone call and says, you know, we can't have this preliminary injunction today. Um, Mr. Gray, you're not going to sell this, are you? And Jack Gray goes, I'm not making any representations. And he goes, well, you know, the hearing's not. And then the judge is all happy. I think he's going fishing or something. He's all happy. Mm-hmm. He's talking and whatnot. And now here's the interesting thing. The most foolish thing I've ever seen. And this is where we're getting with it. Jack Gray was recording this without the judge's permission. Uh, no, no. Okay. Wow. <laughs> So anyway, it goes on and on and on. And, and Jack Gray never says we're not going to sell it. It had already been sold before that meeting. Mm-hmm. So then they get they get to the next Monday when they're going to have the preliminary injunction. Says, judge, we already sold it. The judge said, you told me you didn't. And he goes, no, sir. I said, there's no representations. Well, now it's the judge's word against Jack Gray's. Okay. Yeah. And the audio leaks that 
yes, that he was in fact telling the truth. So this judge has egg all over his face because Jack Gray shows him up. Mm-hmm. He has recorded it. And the judge, he told the judge, I'm making no representation. He said it 10 times. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that judge gets mad and mm-hmm. he puts all of the judge, all of the lawyers on the side of KPLC mm-hmm. and the buyer. He puts them on notice that they, that he's going to turn them into the bar association and he's going to find them for contempt of court. And he disbars Jack Gray, the most powerful lawyer in Lake Charles. Wow. That's how strong these judges are. Mm-hmm. That's what Haba just criticized. Somebody with that kind of power that can can say, you recorded me without my permission, which is not really, it's not against the law. Yeah. Stupid. Oh, yeah. But not against the law. You can disbar him. And he also, he also, they also suspended one of them who didn't do anything. He was just on the defense side and didn't turn him over. Wow. So, so when I'm telling you federal judges are powerful at the district court level, I'm telling you they are powerful. They can take my license away. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful they are. And she went after this judge like I have never seen. And so I'm sitting there thinking, Jack Gray, Jack Gray, Jack Gray. Do you know about Jack Gray? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and this is all, this is all. Every now, the, now listen. When you read, when you read the ethics, um, when you read the opinion by the uh, Fifth Circuit mm-hmm. upholding the, all the stuff, they never mention the recording. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, I would not have done that to a federal judge. So she must have had a really good reason to. She had a good reason, but like I told you, that's not enough. Yeah, that's. You have you, he he could say there's no representations to it. Hmm. Mm. No, no. It's okay. Listen, judges can handle you admonishing them in private. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Even with opposing counsel in there, if it's just you guys three in there. But when you record a federal judge, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, I just I can't imagine that. Well, I can't imagine what she got. She did and get away with. I really can't. Mm. But she's not afraid of it. Wow. But I do believe judge. I do believe that Trump will take care of her financially if something happened to her. Yeah. But But I will say this. Um, when I read the transcript, cold transcript, mm-hmm. I told Glenn and, and, and Dwayne that at one point she did something that was, she's brilliant. This is a brilliant lady. Yeah. Um, he, the judge was apparently getting angry and slapping the bench, you know, hitting, hitting the, the bar. He was hitting that boom, 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 his desk, whatever you want to call his bench. And, but, the, but the way you know it is, she goes, you know, um, he is the president. He, he was a former president. He's running for president. He's due respect. He has the right to talk. Mm-hmm. And I want to let you know that I'm not hollering at you, which told me he was. I said then, I said he must have been banging the bench or hollering or something. Well, she knows a cold transcript's not going to tell you that he was hollering and screaming. Yeah. So, so she, she said, yeah. said it out loud. Hey, I'm not the one yelling. Yes. <laughs> she's letting everybody know he was letting loose. Well, it's since come out that he did. He was wow. he was slamming the table. He was all mad because the judge because Trump wasn't answering questions the way he wanted to. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, she's a very good attorney, mm-hmm. and, but she may be she must be willing to give up her license because all I I'll say so. to her is if she were to come to me, I'd go Jack Gray. Yeah. Don't piss off a federal judge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, don't know necessarily. Yeah. And I thought that it perhaps was unnecessary for her to come out and do that to the press. But she did it and nothing's happened yet. Wow. And then the next day or two days later, pictures of him hacked naked show up. So I don't know. I'm just guessing. 
This is yeah. a, uh, this is not a prediction, guys. I'm not predicting. I'm strongly guessing, strongly surmising that Trump and Haba, Attorney Haba, have something they know this judge cannot overcome. <laughs> that just made my stomach drop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's what I'll bet why she um, put it out there because she needed a visual for what happened that wouldn't be in the transcripts. Yeah. So she put that out there that he slammed down, wouldn't let my client talk, blah, blah. You know, I, I, I'm summarizing that incredibly when I say that. But then you can't unsee that once right. it's out. And she does a good job. She blinks her eyes when she's saying he slammed it. She blinks her eyes like it's making her jump. Yeah. She's good. Wow. Yeah, she's good. Um, very, well, very good. I think she's at the, you know, influence level of Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Trump's That's saying a lot. But not there. Yeah. He's hard to write. And I, I will also say that she could probably become a model after this if she didn't have a lawyer. It's crazy. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, and you don't notice it, though. When she's talking, you notice it when you just see a picture. Yeah, yeah. But when she's talking, you're going like, oh, my, she's tearing this guy up. Think about this, James. The media has her as shoulder height every time you see her, and she's very attractive, right? But you don't see any of the rest of her. Why do they do that? I don't know. Because because an attractive woman who was well-dressed would come off better. It's there's a there in influence. If you look at influence, one of the things they teach you is if you're a male, you wear a long sleeve shirt when you want to be listened to. So, but there also is if you're an attractive lady in influence, it's better if they see your entire presence. Gotcha. Not not just the shoulders, not just the talking head. They make her into a talking head, and almost almost all other lawyers. You'll see all the microphones and everything. Yeah, makes true. It look He's right. Now they show one little microphone and just her face. You know how they do? Well, they'll show a lawyer walking out of the courtroom. Yeah. And they'll surround them, and there's mics, and you're seeing him stand there talking. Yeah. That's not what they do with her. They show her halfway. No. Yeah. Oh, like weird. A talking, no, huh. think about it. It's, it that's, that's what they're doing. They're trying to minimize the power. I never thought about that. Right? So she... Used visuals just like Trump does better than anybody. He slammed and blinked at the same time. That's all she had. She couldn't use her body language. So, so think about that kind of thought process. And maybe it was accidental, but I, I'm doubtful of that. But the interesting thing about it is, is that in that case, obviously, if this judge continues to sit on it, if he, if he now if he ends up having to withdraw, which I don't, I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying if he does, they have to start over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, probably from the, just a trial though, not the summer judgment. Just guessing. I don't know. That would be a mess. That would just be a mess. Who would know? I don't know that I've ever seen a federal judge have to be removed from a case mid trial. I mean, if Polozola yeah. got away with it in, in the Edwin Edwards trials, uh, gosh, we've got so much to talk about. You could almost come on every day and learn so much. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Paul Zola was the was the uh, the judge when Edwin Edwards, governor, former governor Edwards, 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 Edwards was was convicted of bribery. Mm. Paul Zola was an advocate for the defense, mm-hmm. I mean for the prosecution. He was doing everything he could to help them. If he doesn't, he didn't get removed. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine it. And now I'm not a big Edward Edwards fan, so don't think I'm an apologist for him. This, yeah. it goes, this is just a lawyer talking, but like, my goodness gracious, Polozola was just doing, he, if, you know, 
Edwin Edwards' charm was he could make jokes, and make the courtroom love him, and everything. And anytime yeah. he would make a joke, that judge would just admonish him and to you know and, and undo everything that Edwin Edwards was able to do with his personality. Yeah, and and it was it was harsh. And I re- I was in law school, mm-hmm. and I remember going like, "Oh my goodness, can he get away with that?" And he did. Wow. So so anyway, I um. Um, I, I'm 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 dying to find out what it is she has on him. I I, I and it's a prediction. Again, I'm, mm-hmm. I I don't have anything on this or an Indergen or whatever his name is. I do not have a any knowledge that I'm just reading the tea leaves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would yeah. agree with you though, James. To be honest. Yeah. Listen. That there's something else we don't know about that she knows about or has. If you're a perv, you're going to get caught. Yeah. Eventually. Mm-hmm. And that may be what the indication was of this picture. That's what that I It may think. just be the indication. All right. So so again, one of my one of my favorite my very favorite law movie is, believe it or not, I've set up one here before, is my cousin Vinny. The evidence and everything was so good. Mm-hmm. I mean the way they ruled and everything was so good. It was crazy. A lawyer wrote that. Another yeah. movie reference. Holy crap. Oh, I know, but I mean, I'm gonna go to another one past that. If you haven't seen Presumed Innocent, you need to see that movie. I haven't seen as it. A, no. as, a, as, a, as a person going to law school, mm-hmm. you need to watch Presumed Innocent. And if you need me to, I'll give you an MP4 of it. You can watch it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the, uh, in that movie, though, the, the, they discovered something on the judge. Okay. Un, unrelated to the case, but could be brought in if he tried. Yeah. So at any time, that defense could bring that up and the judge knows that if it goes into evidence, he's in trouble. Yeah. And they were using that to keep the judge honest, keep the judge fair. Okay. And so they would bring it up and the judge would stop, get angry. I want to know the relevance. He'd go back in, in chambers. They would talk. And yeah. Go, I want to know. And it's good. Just like real. It's just like it is. And that the, the guy that wrote that book was definitely a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. The movie. Anyway, he, but they would, that wasn't Grisham. It's not. Um, it was not. I thought it was. Nope, 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 nope. It's the same one who wrote 1L, which she needs to read as well. <laughs> he did this. Yeah, these, yeah. Are, these are books for people who are going to law school that need to be read. Yeah. But anyway, in that movie, in that, uh, in that movie, he kept bringing it up just enough to keep that judge. Mm-hmm. And I'm not so sure that's not what these leaked pictures of him with his top off weren't. It was like, you know, judge, really, do you want to keep, do you want to keep sending signals out that the president is bad? and? Because he, all right, so the judge was accusing him. And again, you got to be careful because they make it a cold transcript. The judge kept saying he's, he is um, plantaining, he's politic, and he's not answering the questions. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I read that transcript and we went over to another podcast. He was answering the questions. Did you make this valuation? Yes, to the best of my knowledge, this is undervalued, but it's a disclosure. And we say in the disclosure that you cannot use this for basis of, of loaning money. Mm-hmm. Every time. Then, if they would get into the valuations that were the actual valuations to d- determine what the collateral is worth, you need to talk to the accountants. They're the experts on that. I'm not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's his answer every mm-hmm. single time. That's what he was doing. Yeah. Every time. And I think that Haba had him ready for that. I think she did. And that judge would, he would comment. So, on the cold transcript, you could take that out and say, you're electioneering, you're, you're, you're politicking. So, what does NBC, CMS, NBC put up? They put that up. So that's what Glenn says. That's what the truth is to most people. And Russ Holcomb commented, he listened to our podcast and he goes, that's exactly right. We've been thinking that he was politicking. 
Mm-hmm. Then you read the transcript. I read the transcript. He doesn't politic. And right before the judge says he's politicking, he wasn't politicking. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think she had enough. Look, we got some stuff on you and released that yesterday. I don't know this, guys. I'm telling you, it's a guess. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, do not come and sue me for defamation because I'm just making a guess as this goes along. Do you have anything else to say on these things, Victoria or Glenn? We're out of time. Well, um, I don't know. I mean, I think definitely like going back to like all of the indictment stuff and the RICO charges, you know, like I think just talking to people my age, nobody wants to go out and vote because we're all so disheartened at, you know, both parties. I don't subscribe to either political party. I think they're both corrupt and crooked. So (laughs) if there's no evidence of, you know, voter fraud, I feel like releasing that information would be a good way to maybe get some faith back from the younger generation who are quickly, you know, getting to the age where they're starting to move into positions of power, you know, and like having this generation that's just so disheartened by the political process, it's going to come back and bite them eventually, these political parties, I think. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. So you're saying, I, I didn't think of that. See, she yeah. always does this. She always comes up with this nugget. <laughs> so what you're basically saying is, is if, you, if we want the young generation to start having confidence in the process to turn it over. Yeah. Show us that the election was fair. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I guess a good point. Glenn? Glenn? Uh, the, the, in, in, in the pages, don't they somewhat allude to that, that of uh, this document you sent me saying that, yeah, why don't you just turn it over if there's no fraud? Wouldn't this be good? Yes. Uh, I'm summarizing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that keeps, you know, kind of hitting me is that this, this, they're basically trying to prosecute people for what they thought and that they know what they thought, even though they can't. So to me, this is much bigger in that regard in that they're prosecuting people because of they, they say you knew it wasn't true, but you acted on it anyway. And how do they know that? Yeah. They have and no how do you ever bring nothing forward? Right. And how are you ever going to contest the election? Mm-hmm. If you have to know in advance, so you, the only way you can contest elections if you're one of the people who was running them through. That's it. So one of those people if who was running the people, yeah. If you're one of the people who actually right. did the, the deed. Exactly. So you got a good point there. My I really do believe though that that none of this would have happened if we would have just brought the judge to PJs. <laughs> You know, if we brought that guy to PJs, he wouldn't be taking his shirt off either. Because he would be so happy and so calm and so uh, focused on his life that he wouldn't make these horrible mistakes. And he'd be doing it in an environment where, you know, uh, he, he would just just enjoy himself so much he, he wouldn't on the table, nothing, you know, <laughs> uh, because he'd have all natural Red Bull, all boosted teas, uh, delicious pastries, a wonderful, wonderful breakfast sandwiches and lunch sandwiches. And, and he would have gotten to try. And I guarantee you, this guy's never had a Zap chip in his life. And if he got some, oh, my gosh, he's going to be so happy. <laughs> so. You have to go to Harden, so who knows? I can't. I cannot beat that. I cannot say anything more to that than say thank you, guys. We'll be back tomorrow with the conspiracy. Wait, no, this is Monday. Tomorrow, 
No, this, yeah, this is Bundy. I don't know what we're going to talk about tomorrow. <laughs> I got to tell you guys that, that my son going to seminary is making it very difficult for us to know what day it is. Yeah, we but, don't know what day it is or what was up and what's down. Today, today's Monday. So tomorrow we'll be talking about the news. We'll have more to say about this tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Victoria, so I, much. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I hope yeah, you thanks, Victoria. I'm glad you're feeling better, by the way. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.